Resurrection Day. It's the hope of the church. It's the hope of the whole world. There have been a lot of Resurrection Days. I happen to be at the very first one. My name's Simon Peter. Not that that is important. But who I have met in my life, that is what's important. Let me start with where I live. You're looking at a portion of the Sea of Galilee. I am kind of partial, but I feel that Capernaum is the most beautiful place in all of Israel. That's my hometown. My whole life has been about this right here, nets. Mending nets, casting nets, drying nets to where we could use them again and throwing that net out and catching fish. My brother and I, Andrew, we've been in the fishing business all of our life. We inherited the business. That's what dad was. He was a fisherman. And I can't really say that I've been a religious man. Oh, I grew up Jewish. I knew the Ten Commandments. I studied the Torah, first five books of the Bible. But what really gripped me was my business that I was in. I was a fisherman, and I was proud of it. I enjoyed doing what I did. My brother one day, with excitement, came running back to our village. We're at the northern point, almost to the northern point, of the Sea of Galilee. Two miles from the Jordan River where it flows into the Sea of Galilee. And one day there was a man that was baptizing in that Jordan River. His name was John, John the Baptist. Now, people have considered me a man's man, a rugged individual, someone not to mess with. So when Andrew came home telling me about this man by the name of John the Baptist, my interest was piqued because I was hearing things that I liked. 
The man wears, of all things, camel's skin and the camel's hide. And listen what he eats. He's a wild man. He eats locust and wild honey. Not tame honey, wild honey. He's a wild kind of guy. And Andrew, he was at me and pestered me so much that I eventually went to hear him because he said so many things. Let me give you some background on this man. I had never heard anyone as influential as John the Baptist. He tells the Pharisees, he would tell them off to their face. When people came forward to hear his message, his message was repent. His message was bring forth fruit worthy of repentance before I will baptize you. This man is so influential, and hear this, that Roman soldiers came to John the Baptist and asked him, should we ask for a pay increase or not? They're asking a prophet from Israel whether they should ask for a pay increase from Caesar at Rome. That's influence. One day I went and heard John the Baptist for myself. And the message he preached that day, along with repentance, John the Baptist said, there is coming one after me who I am not even worthy to reach down and loosen his sandals. Are you kidding me? John the Baptist is the greatest person I've ever met. John the Baptist is the most forceful speaker I have ever heard. John the Baptist is known all around the Mediterranean. And now he's saying, there's coming someone. There's coming someone. And I was there that day as John is preaching and he looks across the Jordan and there is coming someone. And John points his finger and says, Behold, the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world takes away? I've never heard that before in my life. All we as Jews have ever been taught is that the sacrifice is given on our behalf and your sin is covered. It's never taken away. And John's saying, that man can take away your sin. And Jesus 
walked up to John the Baptist and said, baptize me. And John the Baptist said, baptize me. And Jesus said, you've got to baptize me. Suffer it to be so. And Jesus, as our example, was, was baptized that day. And I saw as the spirit in the form of a dove came and lit upon his shoulder. And I heard the voice of God from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I saw all of that. And then as Jesus was getting ready to walk away, he turned to me and Andrew and said, follow me. That one decision changed my life. I could have turned and said no and went the other way and nobody would have ever heard of a Simon Peter. But that one decision changed my life. And for whatever reason, unbeknownst to me, I became, and I don't say this as a matter of pride, but as a matter of fact, I became the spokesman of the disciples. You can read it in the Gospels to where every time the list of the disciples is given, Peter, James. John. Every time, Peter, James, John. Peter, James, John. And when he said, follow thou me, we begin following. I have seen things that I would have never dreamed in a thousand years that I would have ever got to have seen. Everything that I look at anymore, I think of Jesus. When I walk into the door of my home, I think of Jesus because he was the door. When I see the sun in the morning, I think of Jesus because he is the light of the world. When I see the stars at night, I think of Jesus because he's the bright and morning star. When I wash my hands with water and feel that on my lips, I think of Jesus. He's the water of life. And by the way, this right here, you won't believe it. You won't believe it. And you may have never heard this before, but I walked on water. Not for a long time, but longer than any of you ever have. <laughs> Once again, Jesus bid me to come to him. And when I walked that way out of that boat and started walking on the water, I looked around and saw the wind and the waves crashing and I became frightened and I sank and my prayer was, Lord, save me! 
And immediately he reached his hand down and lifted me back up. And once again, not figuratively, literally, I'm walking on the water. Oh, yeah. The things that I've been allowed to do, the things that I've seen, every time I eat a piece of bread or every time I catch a fish and eat a fish, I think of Jesus feeding the multitude. I was there. I got to see it. I got to participate in that. And oh, how I wish I could tell you that my life went from glory to glory and how that I never failed and how I never messed up and how I never made a mistake. But listen, and I say it to my shame, when Jesus needed me the most, I failed him. I told Jesus, oh, Lord, the other disciples, they may betray you, but not I. I'm strong enough that I will never betray you. And a pain in my heart and a twinge in my heart is every time that I am around a fire. I think of betrayal. Because when Jesus was arrested and when all the other disciples fled and I had said I would stay with Jesus no matter what, I fled as well. And I warmed myself by the fire. And a young maid came up to me and said, you're the one. You was with Jesus. And I said, I was not. She again said, your speech betrays you. You're you're a Galilean. You was with Jesus. And he said, no, I was not. And then the third time, and I said, I was not. And I cursed her. And off in the distance, I heard the rooster. I heard the rooster crow. And with shame, it was exactly as Jesus said. Simon, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And I denied him. Three days after that, something earth-shattering happened. Jesus Christ, by the power of the Father, through the power of the Holy Spirit, raised up Jesus from the dead. And I was not the first to witness this. It was a woman by the name of Mary Magdalene. And she came and told the others, myself included. And me and John ran to the tomb. And John, being younger and more energetic, he got to the garden tomb before I did, but he was too afraid to go on in. 
And as he was standing there waiting for me, when I arrived, I ran on in the tomb, and the garden tomb was empty. Let me tell you what Jesus said. Before we ever got to see the resurrected Savior, Jesus says, go and tell the disciples that I have resurrected. Listen to these next two words, and Peter. He knew I needed that special attention. He knew that I was carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders because I had betrayed him so openly. I had done something that I knew that I would never do, and yet I betrayed him. And of all the attributes that Jesus has, I've got to say that attribute that attribute of love that he made sure, he made sure that I knew that he still loved me and that he would not cast me away. Thank God. Thank God. Oh, yeah. I am the spokesman of the disciples. Oh, yeah, I will preach on the day of Pentecost, and 3,000 people will be born again. Oh, yeah, I will go there at the temple gate, and there will be a man that is lame. And I will say, as this man is asking and begging for alms, alms, alms for the poor, and I will say, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And I will grab his hand and assist him up. And that man will leap and praise God and dance and shout about. I seen that and was there. Thank God for the love where Jesus didn't discard me and throw me away, but he went looking for me. Thank God. And of all the things that I have got to do and been a part of, one of the things that's been so surprising. Oh, I can see how God would use Paul, but that God would use me, a humble fisherman, to write part of Holy Scripture. This is what I wrote just last night. For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, that you had received from your tradition from your fathers, no, you wasn't redeemed with silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was made known in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, 
that raised Jesus up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit under true love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. The gospel is good news. It's good news that Jesus resurrected. It's good news that Jesus loves us. No matter how much I had let him down, he loved me. He loved me. He loved me. He loved me. I want to ask the praise team to come up. Listen to this song with the words that I have spoken here in your presence. Listen to this song with those words in mind.
Simon Peter knew and found out in a vivid way that the love of Jesus Christ never fails. Never fails. It never fails. Thank God. It wasn't a performance-based thing that Simon Peter had that was not one and done. You get one chance at this, Simon Peter, and if you mess up, we squash you like a bug and we go on to someone else. God didn't do that. God didn't do that. Jesus told Simon Peter, the enemy is going to sift you like wheat. But then Jesus said, I have prayed for you. Now watch this. He didn't say, I have prayed for you that you wouldn't fail. Jesus said, Simon, I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. That your faith would not fail. That his faith would not fail. Even when he fell right on his face. And he did something that none of the other disciples did. To publicly deny Jesus three times. There was forgiveness for that. Simon Peter still knew he's the Christ, the Son of the living God. And there was faith right there within his heart. And the Lord Jesus forgave him for that grievous sin. I'm glad for that because you know why I'm glad for that? Jesus has done the same thing for me. There have been times that I have betrayed him. But because of his grace and his amazing love, he has forgiven me and brought me right back in close. 
Thank God. His love never fails. There may be someone here this morning, you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior. You never have. Think of this and know this. His love is there for you. Just as much as it was for Simon Peter, it's there for you as well. He knows you. He cares for you. He has a great plan for your life. I know that he does. And all we've got to do is say, Lord, you've asked me to follow, and I'm going to follow today. I'm going to follow. If you're here this morning and you never asked Jesus to be your Savior, and you do, you want today, you want to follow Jesus, I want to pray with you. I want you to stand right where you're at. Stand up right where you're at, in the balcony, on the main floor. If you're here, you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior. Come on. Anybody? Giving you this time right here. Anybody in the balcony? This is your time. What greater day than on Easter Sunday? Thank God. Resurrection Day. I ask Jesus to be my Savior. Anybody on the main floor? Let's all stand. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. If you have a prayer need right now, whatever it is, we ask you to come forward, and there'll be people that will pray with you. But you reach out just as, just as, as Simon Peter, as he had faults and failures and, and, and uh, mistakes and sin within his life. We can bring all of that and lay it at the feet of Jesus, just like Simon Peter did. Come on, come on.
I want you to repeat this with me. Christ is risen. You ready? Christ is risen. Now I want you to repeat with me. Christ is risen. What's the next word? Indeed. You ready? Christ is risen indeed. Do it just like that. Do that number. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. 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 All right, one more thing. I love this. I say it all the time. I say it Easter time. I say it throughout the year. I say it at Christmas season. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph o'er his foes. Let's say it together. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph o'er his foes. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.